Journals. Today is November 27th, 2021, 8.01 p.m. Central Standard Time. And boy, am I excited today to have the guest that we have today. Everybody, please welcome my special guest today, Dave Hayes, Praying Medic. Dave, how are you, sir? Doing good, Patrick. Good timing. I, I, had, to, I had to duck out for a second. Get my tea. <laughs> I was wa I was watching you, and I wasn't going to click. I wasn't going to click the button until you sat down. So there was no danger of that. Well, that's cool. Well, what happened, man? You told me you don't normally bring a guest on for fifteen minutes. And oh, <laughs> so I'm like, I got time. I can make some tea. <laughs> that is my fault. I was just so excited to have you on the stream, Dave, because. I got to tell you something, I've been following you since I would say early 2018, pretty much right after Q started started dropping. Yeah, that well, that's cool. Uh, that's when I started, jumped in on Q. I didn't get in right on the beginning of Q's operation. I mean, I, I knew about Q because I was, uh, well, I wasn't following Tracy Beans, but my wife was. Mm -hmm. um, she was listening to, listening to Tracy Beans in November when Q was posting initially. I was ignoring all that stuff. I was like, oh, this is chatter. This is noise. It, you know, it's it, it, not really relevant to what's going on. And then God started giving me these dreams. And I was like, okay, I guess I better pay attention to this stuff. And then I started doing Q broadcasts in January of 2018. January 2018. I, I'm pretty sure that that's like right around the same time that I started bumping into your bumping into your videos. So this would be a great opportunity for us to get a praying a praying medic if if you if you don't mind, a praying medic origin story in this war that we're living through. And you can answer that question in any way that you like. How did you come to be part of this war that we're that we're fighting today? Uh, reluctantly. Mm -hmm. um. <laughs> This this was not my shtick. Uh, politics and current events wasn't my wasn't my bag. I wasn't really interested in politics and current events. But you know, I, I've I've been a supernatural guy. Um, I became a Christian, as you mentioned, in two thousand. And for seven years or so, I went to kind of a mainline uh, Protestant church. And I learned the Bible inside and out. Uh, I didn't learn much about, I didn't have like a develop a strong relationship with God. I had a very strong relationship with the Bible. Uh, <laughs> and then in 2008, that's when my relationship with God kicked into high gear. Um, I started having all kinds of dreams and visions. And God challenged me to start praying for my patients. I was working as a paramedic at the time. And I didn't know anything about healing or miracles, so I had to, I had to learn from people who knew something about the supernatural. If you get into healing, uh, you very quickly get into deliverance. And if you go far enough down the road into deliverance, um, you end up running into emotional healing. <laughs> it just kind of all, you know, uh, comes together. And, and I did that for from 2008 through 2015. I was learning about healing, facilitating um, group discussions on Facebook, doing a lot of videos and podcasting on 
healing, deliverance, uh, physical healing, emotional healing, um, things of that nature. And then in 2015, everything kind of changed. Uh, Trump decided to run for president. My wife and I, being conservatives, um, we actually thought, you know, Ted Cruz was our guy. We were, we were backing Ted Cruz. And then God started giving me dreams about Trump. And I was like, um, honey, I think God's got like a laser pointer on Trump. I don't know what his plan is, but we need to we need to look more seriously at Trump. And then God started giving me more and more dreams about the things that Trump could or would do if he got elected in 2015. And then uh, in 2016, the whole Spygate thing started to uh, rear its ugly head. And Trump was the front runner, and then he became the, um, the, the nominee. And then the deep state started spying on him. <laughs> and God started giving me all these dreams in 2016, more dreams about what Trump was going to do. And, and then I had, just I had a lot of dreams about politics and current events and the intelligence community. And I didn't know anything about the deep state. I, didn't, I, I was not a conspiracy theorist person. I didn't care about any of that stuff. I never watched Alex Jones. Just that stuff never interested me. Um, I didn't even watch, you know, Hannity. Really, I just wasn't all that interested in politics and current events. But God began just pushing me to learn about this stuff. So I, I started doing some live streams on Periscope back in 2016, and I was following um, Devin Nunez and the House Intelligence Committee their investigation of Spygate. And uh, a, a lot of people liked the commentary that I was putting out about Spygate and the surveillance and what was going on with the FBI, the CIA, um, and Congress. And I, I got to know guys like Brian Cates and, uh, you know, not know them personally, but I followed a lot of people, uh, Jeff Carlson, Undercover Huber, um, and, and the whole gang of, of uh, Spygate thread makers on Twitter. Um, and and I, I kind of, you know, started, I, I watched what they were doing. I learned how to do Twitter threads from them. And then I started doing my own threads. And, and then Q came along. <laughs> Pretty soon I'm doing Q threads. And I'm doing my Q threads alongside of the threads of, you know, people like you know, Tracy Beans and, and uh, Brian Cates and all the other all the other people. And uh, as, as I started doing Q threads and then Q videos, um, people just were fascinated by, by my Q decodes. And I, I don't know why. I mean, it, to me, it was just like, I don't know. I'm just you know, trying to connect the dots the best that I can. And actually, Denise, my wife, said, you know, uh, this Q stuff is really hard to understand. Someone needs to go on and, and do some broadcasts because Jerome Corsi at the time was doing broadcasts uh, with um, Patriot Soapbox about Q. And I, I listened to some of Corsi's broadcasts. They were very hard to listen to because he was so slow. So um, he just wasn't like in a two hour broadcast, he would go through like two or three Q posts. Yeah. And and not give much information. He really was just asking Anons, like, what do you think about this? And what did you learn? And what do you, you know? And I was like, this is lame. This is kind of a waste of time. So Denise kind of twisted my arm. And I started doing broadcasts, daily broadcasts, you know, whenever Q was posting. People really liked him. 
and I, I kind of like doing them. So uh, I put my supernatural life on hold for the next two years um, and really just focused on decoding Q posts and uh, doing the threads and, and keeping up on Q. And uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's my, that's my introduction to, you know, this whole world of politics and current events and, and broadcasting. And the, and the war that we're living through. When was and the war? The, yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a quick question about Q. So was there a moment when you said to yourself, I'm not sure if Q is real. And was there ever a moment when you said to yourself, wow, I really do know that this is real. Was, was yeah. there a, a Donnybrook moment yep. in your relationship with Q? Oh yeah. Um, at the beginning, I was highly skeptical. Like I said, you know, my wife was, was following Tracy Beans because she was one of the first people that was doing Q decodes. And to me, it was nonsense. <laughs> I was just like, this is just like, I, I don't get it. Like, what's the point of all these questions? You know, Q is always asking all these questions. And Denise would be listening to Tracy Beans. You know, we, we share an office. So her desk is next to mine. <laughs> I just listen to Tracy and she's reading the Q post and I'm hearing all these questions. And I'm like, okay, you know, what's the point? I, I don't get it. I just didn't understand it. Um, like a lot of Q skeptics, um, I, I hadn't, I hadn't bothered to actually spend much time reading the posts and connecting the dots and doing the research. I was I was kind of busy with my own thing doing um, doing the Spygate stuff. I didn't know that Q was actually talking about uh, Spygate, like one of the Q's most um, uh, most highly talked about subjects is you know surveillance of the Trump campaign. So initially, I blew it all off, and I thought, this is just nonsense. And then, you know, like I said, God started giving me dreams about Q. And in the last four years, I've probably had two or 300 dreams about Q. It's mm -mm. amazing. Uh, where God has highlighted things about Q, Q's operation, the mainstream media, war against Q. Um, and a lot of those, uh, some of them having to do with Trump. So it was, it was the revelation from God through the dreams that made me go and look at Q's posts. And once I understood um, the nature of Q's operation, how Q would sort of drop these hints, and then news events would, would happen, and you'd look back and go, wait a second, he posted about that like three weeks ago. Yeah, go back and look through the post and go, yeah, there it is right there. He was talking about that. Um, that th those proofs, when they started to come in, especially in um, in December, in December of 2017, there was a series of posts um, that are related to a stringer called Bunker Apple Yellow Sky. <laughs> Bunker Apple Yellow Sky? Bunker Apple Yellow Sky. Got it. There was a stringer that Q posted, and there was a bunch of posts both before and after, and there was like plus 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 you know the, the pluses are came before it and that stringer q was trying to teach anons how to do some research and put together clues and it was about the rothschilds and a uh, it was actually about a, a helicopter and a plane crash near the rothschilds estate this is in december of 2017 
And, and I started digging through and kind of reading the articles, reading the post, reading what the announcers are doing. And I was like, this is really interesting. And it was, uh, it, it, it tied to a later news event. I think this was in January of 2018 when there was a helicopter crash in Los Angeles near Hollywood. And the people who crashed in that helicopter were connected to the Standard Hotel, uh, one of Adam Schiff's hangouts. Mm -hmm. And Q kind of hinted that the helicopter crash in California was sort of payback for the crash of the airplane and helicopter over the Rothschilds estate. There was an operation going on and a bad actor took out a, a good guy um, near the Rothschilds estate. So when I started digging into that kind of stuff, like I said, December, January, I was like, okay, uh, this is really intense and, and it's, it's complicated, but, uh, I, I was, I was fascinated by it and I got hooked and I, like I said, I kept having these dreams about Q and God was like, you need to take this stuff seriously. This is important. So, and that's, that was really the reason why, um, I kept following Q is because God kept encouraging me and telling me that this is important. You need to, you need to just keep following this. So, so I did. One of the things I noticed about Q is that it creates a very strong reaction in a lot of people, uh, specifically a lot of blue checkmark people who, <laughs> yeah. who flip out about the subject, who, who will specifically attack you just for mentioning the subject. What, what are your thoughts on the motivation behind the anger that it causes in what you might call patriotic conservative Americans who are more of a I don't know of an establishment bent. Oh yeah. Well, um, I have noticed that. <laughs> uh, Q explained that phenomenon. Um, and as it relates to a couple of groups of people, one group of people are those like Sebastian Gorka. That was, that's the, that was the guy I was thinking of in my head when I asked the question. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, think about Sebastian Gorka and what he does. He his claim to fame, his his brand, is he was on the Trump team, and his uh, specialty is intelligence. Uh, Gorka people follow Gorka because he claims to have intelligence information. He claims to be an intelligence insider who has secret squirrel information, and he has contacts and people he talks to, who give him. Uh, information that people want to know about. Mm -hmm. Well, Q comes along and um, is providing intelligence information. And all of a sudden, the audience of people who follow John Cardillo and Sebastian Gorka and uh, Raheem Kassan and Jack Posobiec and all those other people on Twitter, uh, they all leave... The, the the podcast they leave the live stream and they're going hey Q's dropping let's go find out what Q is talking about all of these so-called um, political operatives and intelligence insiders that are conservatives they hate the fact that Q is sucks all the oxygen out of the room they hate the fact that Q gets all the attention gets all the love and so they have all sort of uh, become very angry and envious of Q because Q's took their audience away and Q provides information for free. And a lot of them have paywalls or they, you know, subscriptions or whatever. So Q has hurt their business model. 
And there's a, there's a lot of people in the, in the conservative movement. Some of them um, are only along for the ride. They're not conservatives. They're not mega. They've turned against Trump on a number of um, occasions. As soon as Trump does something they don't understand, that they start bashing Trump. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, Q has hurt their business model, hurt their bottom line. And a lot of them, Q said, they all claim to be intelligence insiders. You know, yeah. and, and Q, Q just made the observation that if someone has a, a security classification and they're getting classified information and they leak that information to the public, classified information, um, they're guilty of treason. And, and yet that's that, basically what goes on on a regular basis now in our government. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the deep state has been leaking classified information for five years. How did how did Washington Post, David Ignatius, find out about Flynn's phone call to Kislyak? Somebody in the Defense Department leaked it to him mm -hmm. illegally, a classified phone call, highly classified. Oh, yeah, yeah. So um, there's Q has kind of just brought up this issue of the fact that um, legitimate intelligence insiders who are patriots who have security uh, clearances don't leak classified information. Q has never leaked anything classified. Q doesn't claim to put out anything classified. Uh, Q does claim, does claim to have access to classified information, but doesn't make it public. What Q does is drops hints and clues that um, and questions, Q asks questions, right? The Socratic method. Q will ask a series of questions. And if you correctly answer the questions, and if you look up uh, the information, find some articles, videos, government documents, all, all open source, that shed light on those questions and answer those questions, what you'll come up with is, you'll come up with an understanding of a situation that would normally be classified information, but a lot of the information needed to connect the pieces is available in the public domain. And Q helps researchers find information in the public domain that pieces together the pictures that would give them sort of uh, an, an informal briefing about what would normally be classified information. And that's what Q does. Q doesn't provide classified information. Q provides hints to open source information that helps us see a bigger picture. Gotcha. Um, what do you think the goal of Q is? Uh, exposure of institutional corruption, uh, not just in, in the United States, but around the world. Mm -hmm. Q primarily is an operation designed to make the public aware of institutional corruption uh, in the church, in government, in academia, higher education, in big pharma, in the media, in Hollywood, all areas of society have been infiltrated with bad people who have um, corrupted those institutions. And Q is primarily about exposing institutional corruption and, and um, helping wake up uh, the public to the realities of corruption and giving us hope that this is all going to be prosecuted. Um, Q was talking about Durham <laughs> and his investigation long before anybody else was um, in some subtle ways. He sure was. I, 
he was basically he came into existence right around the time that Durham was named as the uh, as a yep the U.S. Durham attorney was, and stuff. Yeah, Durham was a he was he was given a temporary assignment uh, as a U.S. attorney, and then he was um, sworn in as U.S. attorney to Connecticut under the Trump administration, October twenty eighth, twenty seventeen, same day Q started posting, and the very first post by Q that had an image attached to it was an, was the image was a painting of George Washington crossing the Delaware and Washington crossed the Delaware in a Durham boat. The interesting thing about that post is that post, there's a letter D missing in one of the words. There's oh a typo God. in that post and there's a missing letter D. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's amazing. And, and and Washington's crossing the uh, Delaware in a Durham boat. Uh, last year, uh, Enoch Zanon found that. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you found the subtle reference to Durham that we snuck in there. Uh, That's you know. amazing. Yeah. Do you think cool. that we're getting a, a, a you think we're getting a, a, a bird's eye view of how intelligence is done among intelligence operatives, the way that they send messages to each other? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Q is the one who um, who ex who revealed how members of the intelligence community give uh, whistleblowers primarily, but but also not whistleblowers. How members of the intelligence community pass along sometimes classified and sometimes not classified information to journalists. They do it through uh, secure drop. So what's secure, what's secure drop. Yeah, Secure Drop is a it's it's a it's a program. It's an application. Uh, it was actually created by the Electronic Frontier Foundation, and um, Ju Julian Assange was one of the founding members of the Electronic uh, Frontier Foundation. So he and John Perry Barlow were founding members, and they created this thing called Secure Drop that. Uh, would allow people in the intelligence community to securely pass documents to journalists through an anonymous gateway, basically. They would scan the documents and the journalists would, would take the documents and they, the whole process would be anonymized so that the journalist wouldn't know who the intelligence person in the intelligence community was. Okay. Right. They, they developed this, um, this program and most newspapers news outlets have been using this process for 10 years it hasn't been uh known uh by the public what secure drop is all about but before before you i'm sorry to interrupt wouldn't all this be completely illegal no but they're drop they're sending classified information to journalists though yep yeah and it, so it it would be it's 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 not necessarily illegal and here's why if someone is a legitimate whistleblower in the intelligence community and they filed a whistleblower complaint all right if you file a whistleblower complaint you're protected okay. you're allowed protection and if you're if you're leaking classified information to a journalist that is that, that is illegal but gotcha. some of the information that it was is passed along is not classified it's been declassified and it's it's not necessarily in the public domain, but it's also not classified.
Okay, gotcha. So, so yeah. <clears throat> so sorry. what what Q told us about uh, about SecureDrop is that uh, SecureDrop actually was taken over by the CIA. Um, they they removed Julian Assange from the board of the Electronic Frontier Foundation. The <laughs> it's the craziest thing. The Electronic Frontier Foundation was set up initially to as a payment gateway to help people donate money to support Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. Mm -hmm. That's what it was set up for. That's why Assange was a, was a founding board, um, uh, member on the board. Mm -hmm. uh, it got infiltrated by CIA assets like Edward Snowden, and they got rid of Assange. And then the CIA took over Operation uh, Secure Drop, and basically uh, it became a CIA portal uh, for leaking classified information to journalists. So um, just, just to make sure the few posts. So just to make sure the audience understands, if somebody's whistleblowing and leaking the information as part of a whistleblower operation, it's one thing, not yeah. illegal. If they're leaking classified information just to burn some politician and just use it as a weapon, that's extremely illegal. I just wanted to make sure that was clear. Yeah, that's that's how I'd say there you know leaking classified information um outside of the need to know and you know the, the restrictions on a, on a, a security clearance is illegal um i don't i'm not a journalist and i'm not in the intelligence community and i don't know to what degree whistleblowers are allowed to put to uh give documents to journalists what i do know and this is a thing that is coming up with project veritas right now project veritas is under a lot of criticism from the doj a lot of heat because they're publishing, they're publishing information that whistleblowers are giving them, okay? And, and this goes into this whole, you know, First Amendment thing, where journalists have for a long time said, we're protected by the First Amendment, and we can publish information that's classified if we do not, if we're not involved in obtaining the information illegally. If a if, if an intelligence source decides to get some documents and pass it along to a journalist, the journalist can take it and publish it. That's what WikiLeaks has been doing for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. They publish documents leaked to them by people in the intelligence community. The the crime is committed by the uh, the person in the intelligence community, not WikiLeaks. It's not illegal to publish it. It would be illegal if WikiLeaks was helping get the information, right? And so that's where Assange has always drawn the line. His his line is, we will take the information, but we're not going to assist in obtaining it because that would be illegal. All right. So there's, you know, there, there's two responsibilities. The responsibility of the journalist is they can publish it. The responsibility of the intelligence person is it's illegal to leak it if it's classified. And, and if they get, and if they're discovered, if it's found out that they that they did leak, and I and I think, good example. I think the person in the Pentagon, who leaked, uh, the Flynn Kislyak transcript is going to be, uh, in serious trouble. We still don't know who that is. Yeah, we sort of do. Who would you say leaked the Kislyak call? James Baker. Oh, okay. Now, now wow. there's two James Bakers. Okay, James Baker, the general counsel for the FBI. That's one James Baker. There's another James Baker who works at the Pentagon or worked at the Pentagon. Oops. He actually 
Um, I don't know for a fact. I'll say that. Uh, I don't want to get you know accused of slander, but if I had to name somebody, I would probably say that James Baker from the Pentagon is probably at the top of the list. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence that points to him as being the one who leaked the information to. Ignatius. Was he with the Office of Net Assessment? Yes. Okay, I know who you're talking. He about. went after Stefan Halper. He no, well, he was working. He assisted Stefan Halper. Halper. Yeah. To go after George Papadopoulos and Carter Page, who was the guy that was working in the Office of Net Assessment? Uh, uh, I was, thought it was uh, I thought it was James Baker. No, that's the good guy. Oh crap! But Bente Dana Bente? Nope. I'm trying to think of his name. Oi. Uh, I did a thread on him mm -hmm. uh, a couple years ago. He was working in the Office of Net Assessment. He was a white hat. He was in the Office of Net Assessment and. Helper actually set him up, and they re they took they removed his cl uh, security clearance. And, mm, I, and I remember they, the whole they story. They put the hurt on this guy mm -hmm. because, like Flynn, they knew he was a patriot, and they did everything they could to make this guy's li uh, life hell. I think I'm trying to remember his name. We're, Can't we're remember gonna, his name. We're, it's going to come to us later yeah, on. I, I anyway, guarantee you. Anyway, so uh, if I had if I had to bet, I would bet that this Baker. Uh, in the Pentagon was probably the one who leaked the information, the classified phone call. And that's just an example of the, of the kind of, you know, shenanigans that, that goes on in the deep state. Um, I, I think I think the guy who leaked that information is going to be facing a military tribunal. You know, one of the things that, that we've kind of gotten to after the sham inauguration of uh, President Brandon was we've been kind of in a little bit of shell shock. Like I began streaming right after January 6th and right after the, the inauguration. And we've all been kind of trying to piece together what the heck is going on and who's a good guy and who's a bad guy. So I'm going to ask you just one question and answer it in any way you like. If you had to say somebody that you think is a good guy that most people in our movement think is a bad guy, who do you think would, would, would be that person? I've got mine already picked. All right. AOC. <laughs> That's my, I, I think she's a good guy too. But anyway. I'm, I'm not joking. I'm not I joking been, either. I have been uh, subtly suggesting for ever since she got in office that she's a Judas goat. Holy crap. Dude, I wrote, a, I wrote a whole thread about how she had to be a Judas goat back in 2018. Did you really? Course, yes, I did. Of you course, know, that account got nuked. You know, do you know what, what the tell was for me? What? All right. Did you see the videos that she did where she was talking about uh, her discovery that food grows uh, from like the ground in a garden? Yes. And then she does this video about this, the, um, oh gosh, the, uh, the, the garbage disposal in the sink and she didn't understand how that thing worked. And this is the most amazing thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when she started doing those videos, I was like, okay, uh, AOC is not that stupid. No, she's really not. And she is playing stupid. So why is she playing stupid? Why is she playing like this ditzy airhead who knows nothing? Mm -hmm. Because it's an act. All right. If she, if she, if it's an act, then why is she acting? Who gave her the role as an actress? 
What's her, what's her purpose? What is she trying to do? And it became apparent to me back then, you know, 2017, 2018, that she was um, either volunteered for or got chosen as the person who would lead the Democrats over the cliff. She would take socialism so far and make it so outrageously obvious to normies that this, this can't work. I mean, if it weren't for AOC uh, taking the Green New Deal and, and you know, hyper-socialism to the extremes, she has um, probably done more to discredit socialism than anybody I can think of. And I, and I believe she's, she's doing it intentionally. I have a couple of friends who've had dreams that reveal that she was a white hat uh, on our side <laughs> working covertly. Mm -hmm. And so uh, for years, I thought that she was a white hat. Funny that you bring that up because everybody who's like my core audience knows that I have that crackpot theory that she's a white hat. Are you familiar with the blog she wrote back when she was like 20 years old at Boston University? Nope. She is a, at the time, she was a hardcore Adam Smith libertarian who think, thought that feminism was frumpy and outdated. Really? Yes. She was huh. just a regular old kind of murray rothbard kind of conservative type and then all of a sudden she is this hardcore che guevara super commie it just yeah. none of it made any sense that that is a that is absolutely fantastic <laughs> just human points out she's literally an actress you could see her recruitment video on youtube she'd be a perfect judas goat yep. yes she is absolutely outstanding actress what do you think about uh, what do you think about Jeff Sessions? Where do you think he fits into all this? Uh, I think Sessions is one of many actors uh, in the play. I don't think Sessions is as good an actor as Trump, but he he played a role, and I think that Sessions and Barr had certain roles, certain things they needed to accomplish. And when those things were accomplished, it was time for them to leave. So Sessions, um, and I'm not going to say that everything Sessions did was, was the right call, but Sessions was tasked with getting the DOJ moving on investigating the Clinton Foundation, investigating Spygate, investigating institutional corruption. And... So he appointed Huber to go after the Clinton Foundation. He appointed Durham to look into Spygate. He appointed, he appointed a number of other U.S. attorneys to do certain things, some of which we don't know about yet. And I think the primary job of Sessions was to get the ball rolling, to get prosecutors investigating corruption, and then let them do their thing. And then his, his, it was his turn to get off the stage. I think Barr had a similar role. Um, I think Barr was chosen, and this is um, kind of a, a funny thing that happened. Um, in 20, let's see, Barr came in uh, right after the midterm right election in 2018, yeah. Sessions resigned. Barr submitted to Rosenstein a legal brief in the fall of 2018. And it was a legal brief that argued against 
Robert Mueller's view of the obstruction of justice statute. And a lot of people you know, don't know this, but he submitted to Rosenstein a 20 page legal brief arguing against what, what Mueller would ultimately argue in one of the uh, appendixes of his report when his report was released six months later. If you take the appendix of Mueller's report and his uh, legal view of the obstruction of justice statute and you put Barr's uh, legal brief next to it, they read like opposing legal briefs on the interpretation of the obstruction of justice statute. Mueller was never going to indict Trump uh, for any kind of crime other than they tried to get him in a perjury trap. They tried to get him, to, uh, they wanted to charge him with obstruction of justice. This brief was submitted by Barr to Rosenstein. And uh, well, about a month or two later, Barr was um, installed or appointed, approved as attorney general. First thing that Barr did was he told Mueller to end his investigation. <laughs> He's like, you're done. You got nothing here. You're not going to charge Trump with obstruction of justice. Wrap this thing up and get it over with. And I think Barr was primarily hired because he had a view of the obstruction of justice statute that was opposite of Mueller's, and he was the guy who was going to end uh, Mueller's investigation. And Mueller's investigation ended a few months later. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I mean, that's the primary thing that Barr was, was tasked with doing. Um, he understood that this is kind of, you know, something I just, in reading uh, Patel Patriot's Devolution, this last um, episode, I was like, you know what? This whole thing fits together perfectly. If Durham really was brought into uh, a military commission, then Barr had no reason to, to really hang around and do anything because Barr would have known that Durham was going to be the one to drop the hammer on all this corruption. And a lot of it would end up going to the military. So Barr like tosses the keys to Durham's like, I'm out of here. Deuces. See you later. Or, Hey, oh, we got another AG coming in. Oh, Merrick Garland. Hey buddy, have fun with that. Uh, oh, we, we took care of everything already. It's all wrapped up. So have fun. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's kind of my understanding right now that may change in a couple mm -hmm. of months, but you know, well, you got, what do you, how do you take Barr's strange behavior before and after the election? I'll tell you what I mean by that. In, a, in an interview that Barr did with Wolf Blitzer before the election, he was quite animated and visibly angry saying, you can't just mail out random ballots to everybody in the country. The country's not going to accept the results of the election. We need a country that has confidence that it's the legitimate government. You're playing with fire as opposed to after the election, all of a sudden Barr clam, clams up, mutters a few things about no evidence, no, no evidence, no evidence, no evidence, and then proceeds to resign, but not until after writing an encomium of a resignation letter to Donald, Donald Trump. Right. That was so weird. What do you think about all that? Yeah, I've, I've had a hard time with figuring out what Barr was up to. Um, I kind of initially, you know, my thoughts were that Barr was a nice guy. And I'm just kind of paraphrasing what, what Trump has said about him. Um, because I don't know Barr. I've never met him. Uh, all I can say about Barr is, you know, look at what Trump says about him, people, other people who know him and kind of uh, read the tea leaves and determine 
maybe what what they know, what they don't know. So Trump Trump has characterized Barr as a nice guy, but someone who lacked the moral courage to go after the deep state, basically. And then that was how I saw Barr up until this last uh, devolution article. And this last devolution article gave me some hope that maybe Barr is, is another actor. See, if, if Barr knew that the military was going to reinstall Trump, if Barr knew that devolution had been activated, if Barr knew that the election was going to be overturned at some point by the military, then Barr has no reason to do an investigation because he knows that it's all going to be exposed by the military. If, if you have the military backstopping this whole thing, then if you're Barr, you can say, you know what, there, there's no evidence of and, and And he may have been given those lines. He may have been told, this is what you're going to say. You're going to say no evidence. You're going to say we're not going to do an investigation. To give the mainstream media and the deep state the, the appearance that nothing is happening. All right. Now, obviously, that's going to piss off patriots. And it did. We were all pissed off. Oh, yeah. Right. But if uh, if Patel Patriots theory is correct and if the, we're living under a devolved government and if the military is going to re uh, reinstall Trump at some point. Then then they could have scripted this whole thing and told Barr, hey, say whatever you want, you, you, you know, you don't need to investigate. We're going to get to the bottom of it. Uh, just, you know, go retire, go, go back to Kirkland and Ellis or wherever you want to do, and we'll take care of it. So um, I, I, have, I have changed my, my opinion of Barr maybe a little bit since mm -hmm. the last devolution article. Um, because the last devolution article answers a whole lot of questions. Boy, it puts sure in, in a context. Because God has shown me repeatedly that the arrests are coming and there's going to be mass arrests and there's going to be military trials. Like the very, one of the very first dreams that God gave me about this whole Spygate thing was I saw uh, Comey and Mueller being flown on an airplane to Gitmo to be processed and charged with their crimes. That was like back in December of 2017, right after Q started posting. And, and God has continually given me revelation showing me that these people are going to be prosecuted. There, there is nothing that can stop what's coming. So again, you know, one of the reasons why I'm, why I'm all in on Q is because God just keeps showing me that there is going to be a, a reckoning. It's coming. Um, and, you know, and really, I don't like to put white hats and black hats on people. I, I have cautioned people against that for several years. Um, because uh, because there's a lot of disinformation involved in what's going on, Trump puts out disinformation. Q puts out disinformation. Some of the people that are involved in this process, they're actors. Um, I think it's very dangerous to pick favorite people. Uh, this is one of the things that I think uh, Brian Cates uh, has made a mistake in doing this. Uh, Kate, Brian Cates has kind of staked his reputation on Rosenstein being a white hat despite evidence to the contrary. Now, there is evidence suggesting that maybe Rosenstein is a white hat. There's also evidence suggesting that he's a black hat. Um, I have taken, you know, uh, Switzerland. I'm, I'm neutral on, on Rosenstein. I don't know what he is, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to stake my professional reputation on this guy being a white hat and this guy being a black hat. 
because I know very well I can be wrong. I was wrong about so many people. I was wrong about Chris Ray. I was wrong about a lot of other people. How do you know and you were wrong about Chris Ray? He, he seemed like the right guy for the job. Uh, the FBI had a, a horrible reputation. It was getting worse. And Ray is basically an administrator. Uh, and I thought, okay, well, you know, they hired an administrator to come in and, and improve the morale of the FBI, you know, and it looked like, you know, Ray was firing all kinds of people. I mean, in, in the last four years, Comey, McCabe, uh, you know, all Baker, uh, just go down the line, Strzok, Page, they all got fired. Two dozen high ranking people in the FBI all lost their jobs under Chris Ray. So I thought, okay, well, Ray's doing the right thing. He's cleaning house. He's getting rid of these people. And then uh, I started to look at some of the other things that Ray was doing. And I was realizing, eh, gosh, maybe he's not on our side after all. And then Q started dropping hints that Ray was actually a sleeper, uh, that he was a, he was a deep state asset who, was, who infiltrated the FBI. And he's, he's loyal to the deep state. And even Q got faked out on that, it appears. Okay. Um, so the, the recent things where, you know, the FBI is basically turned into the SS, yeah. uh, they, they've gone full Stasi. It's just crazy. Know, nuts. That, that kind of confirms for me that Ray is definitely a deep state uh, sympathizer. So I, I've been wrong about people. Okay. And I, like I said, I, I encourage people don't get emotionally uh, attached to this guy being a good person or that person being good or bad, because it's really hard to tell. There's a lot of disinformation. There's a lot of um, underhandedness and deception. And I just, what I try to do is I, I observe the news cycles. I observe what's happening. I, I look at what people are saying and, and I really look at what they're doing, not as much as what they're saying, because a lot of these people have very flowery um, speeches and they're very charismatic people. And they look like really nice, good people, but they are not good people on the inside because their actions will tell you what they're really doing. So, um, yeah, I've, it's it's been my um, my my personal preference to kind of hold off on putting white hats and black hats on everybody, and just observing what's going on and evaluating the chessboard based on the information we have at the current time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, since we did bring up the topic of white hats and black hats and not having favorite people, et cetera, et cetera, of course, I'm going to push the envelope and talk about extremely current events. Let's talk, yeah. if, you, if it's okay with you, I would like to briefly talk about this ridiculousness regarding the sevenfold light speech, the sevenfold ray speech, and the attacks by Linwood and... Uh, David Clements on General Flynn. Have you seen any of that? Oh, yeah. I'm watching it all. I'm still reeling from it. It's And I've been watching David Clements. He's going, he is going to the wall. He balls to the wall, attacking Mike Flynn, calling him a Satanist. It's yep. so unhinged. And I, I just don't even know what to make of any of it. Well, um, this is... Uh... I'll just give you my history on this whole subject. Um, August or September of last year, 2020, when Linwood kind of uh, joined the MAGA uh, posse on Twitter, 
And this was after he had represented, um, did he represent the, uh, the, the, the Covington? Yes, Nick uh, Sandman. He got him a nice yeah, settlement. Right, a after um, Lynn Wood had represented Nick Sandman and had done some other legal work, he was kind of brought into the MAGA fold, even though he did not have a history of being a conservative. And um, I was following him on Twitter like a lot of people. And I was reposting a lot of his uh, posts because they were encouraging. I mean, he was posting scripture verses and he was posting a lot of um, encouraging things. And I really liked the messages that he was putting out. And then in October of last year, God started giving me dreams, showing me that Lynn Wood was not the person he was pretending to be. Uh, and so, um, and that's kind of typical of what, what, what God will do. If, if I'm uh, mistaken about someone's intentions, God will often correct me. And he corrected me. And so um, I stopped following Lynn Wood more than a year ago, October of last year. And I, I tried to talk to some people on social media. I tried to talk to Jordan Sather and a few other people who have really good discernment about my observations about Linwood. And it wasn't just the dreams. I, I had started to see some behaviors. Um, it might, my, my, what the, the tell for me came last fall when President Trump went to Georgia uh, in October and was campaigning trying to get conservatives in Georgia to turn out to vote. And, and it, literally two or three days after Trump left Georgia, begging conservatives to go out and vote, Linwood gets on his platform and starts telling people in Georgia not to vote. Are you talking, this is after the steal took place? No, this was, this was before the general election. Okay, so this was before November 3rd. This was before November 3rd. Then in December, they had the runoff with Purdue and Loeffler. And Trump goes down to Georgia again, and Trump again begs Georgians to turn out because we can't lose the Senate. We have to keep those two seats. Trump leaves, uh, and Lynn Wood gets back on his platform and is again telling MAGA, don't vote. Do not go out and turn out and vote. Uh, don't show up at the polls. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> what the hell? Who, what, like, that's that's a red that was a red line. He had already crossed a couple of red lines that I had seen. And when I saw that, I was like, okay, uh, that's all the confirmation I needed. So, like I said, last year, um, I was trying to convince people, I was trying to trying to basically suggest that maybe Lynn Wood was not the person we thought he was. And I lost, I think, five or six thousand people, uh, Twitter followers in about three days <laughs> when I publicly came out and told people, look, I think Lynn Wood is a snake and we need to be a little more discerning about him. Look how long people, it took people to be right. People unfollowed me like crazy when I started saying that. So I have, um, I have just kind of sat back and, wait, and waited and watched. Now, um, about a month ago, one of my friends started having a series of dreams showing a massive division coming in our movement. Uh, the dreams showed specific people who are going to be hurt very badly by this division. And we knew it was about Lynn Wood. And we saw that he had these dreams weeks ago. So we knew this was coming. We knew there was going to be a big blow up over Lynn Wood. And we've just been waiting for it to happen. 
uh, kind of sitting back, not um, fanning, fanning the flames, because we know we we saw he saw in the dream, and we talk about this stuff a lot. Um, how much damage this division was going to cause, and we're just trying not to worsen the division and, and worsen the damage. So we've we, he and I have been expecting this, um, and like I said, I, I'm I'm trying not to fan the flames. My my only desire for the last year was that people would use a little more discernment and not listen to people's words, but look at their actions. Because a person's character is shown through their actions, not their words. Agreed completely. Um, um, so that's that's my take. I'm I'm very impressed with the dreams. I, I want to hear more about these dreams. Uh, we're we're out of time tonight. Would it be possible for you to tell the audience today a little bit about <laughs> my latest book? Well, we got to get we got to get our hands. Well, then obviously we got to get our hands on. Let's let's talk about this for a second. So the latest book, I don't let's see. I'm looking for it. Is it on your website right now? Yeah. Because I'm looking at it. It's called Dream Interpretation. Made simple. One. Well, Okay, dream interpretation made simple, guys. Yep, all, all my books have the made. Well, not all, but I have I have a series of books. Divine healing made simple. Hearing God's voice made simple, right? And this is dream interpretation made simple. Dream interpretation made simple. Yep. So, okay, so this is on. This is available paperback on Amazon for seventeen forty nine on Kindle for eight dollars and ninety nine cents. And and if you don't like Amazon, it's available on Barnes and Noble too. Okay, awesome. That's awesome. I, I'm. I'm not boycotting Amazon just yet because yeah. I, let's face it, it get it could get it to my house in like six hours. Uh, <laughs> I have a love hate relationship. I mean, I've I would been, imagine, yeah. I, I, most of my income for in the last you know ten years has come from Amazon, but I hate the company because they're just they're 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 running a slave operation. Yes, they are. They very much are. How else? How else can the audience support you? What what would be the the best places that they can go? Uh, well, my website is prayingmedic.com. That's that's my primary website. My podcast, videos, articles are all there. Um, all my old Q uh, videos are available there on prayingmedic.com. And then there's prayingmedic.org, which is the website that supports our ministry. Uh, we have a we have a, a church ministry, and I post my my supernatural videos on healing and hearing God's voice. Those are all on prayingmedic.org. And if you go to prayingmedic.org, guys, you can donate to the ministry. And if I'm not yes. mistaken, some of those donations can be you can provide a receipt for it, and they become tax deductible. Yeah, anyone who donates to our ministry through our ministry website, uh, we send out. Um, yeah, we send out receipts in December. Uh, Denise was grumbling because she's going to have to do that again <laughs> pretty soon. But yeah, we, we send out receipts at the end of the year so you can uh, deduct it off your taxes if you, you know, itemize deductions. Guys, don't forget that. There are a lot of different ways to, to support the people that you, that you respect and the people that you learn from. So prayingmedic.org, prayingmedic.com, check out the books. It's just a, it's a cornucopia. And yes, I'll come back on your show. And I really hope you'll come back. Hey, the two bald guys, we got to have a, a part two. I know. I, I got I, I shaved extra tight this time to make sure to pre present the, uh, the, the dueling baldness. 
<laughs> so just so delighted to have you on. I normally end the stream uh, with uh, with the St. Michael prayer. Do you mind if I if I go ahead and uh, do that with the audience to, to round out the stream? Thank yes. you so much. Dave Hayes, everybody. Let us pray. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. I love you all. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to have on Emma and John from the This Is Nonsense podcast in Australia. They're going to tell us about the nightmare they're currently going through over there. So don't forget to check that out. In the meantime, I think I'm going to be doing a raid for L is for the way, a.k.a. some bitch I know. So I'm doing that right now. And I will see everybody tomorrow. <laughs>